Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. And what's up, y'all? Welcome in. It is GC Live Monday episode of the show. Wes Mitchell here, Chris Clark. Plenty to get to, but before we do, got to tell you about our good buddy, Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, ClintHammond.com. 803-771-6933 is how you can call Clint. If you're in the market for a new home or if you uh, just want to know what your options are out there as far as maybe a refinance or um, how much house you can afford, give Clint a shout. He will work through all the numbers and help make what is sometimes a difficult process. Very, very simple. C. Hammond at MortgageNetwork.com. That's the letter C. Hammond at MortgageNetwork.com. NMLS number 71597. Again, I'm Wes. He's Chris. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, hopefully, it was a better weekend for you than it was for the South Carolina baseball team. Swept at Auburn. Um, close games all the way through, but uh, not the outcome that the Gamecocks wanted. Obviously, some good news on the men's basketball front. Um, women's basketball got to continue to celebrate a championship with a Darius Rucker plus Nelly concert over the weekend. And then, of course, even when nothing's going on for football, we still have plenty to talk about for football. So, jam-packed show. Also, momentarily, we believe, we hope, we're going to be joined by our buddy Jamie Shaw from On3 to talk a little bit of South Carolina men's basketball recruiting. So, uh, pl- plenty to get to. Chris, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Uh, unfortunately, you and I did not get the invite to the Darius concert. We are too old. 
to be a student. So we were out on that. And then I guess we didn't have enough connections to pull uh, some type of other VIP entry or something like that. So that was disappointing. But it looked fun. Looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. I. Um, so Chris and I were texting yesterday about something social media-wise. And um, Chris told me that he's a dinosaur. That um, he uh, That's how old he is now. So Chris, do you, do you know what FOMO is? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm now. I'm not that old. FOMO, I know. YOLO. Okay. FOMO, I know that. Because you know, I, I was texting around. I was like, I think I want to go to this concert. And so, <laughs> I think I want to go. I well, I was gonna, I was gonna like put some effort into it, and then I was just like, nah. You know, there's other stuff I can be doing. Um, it's fine. It's not for me. You know, and and they did. They actually did. Um, I saw like some media went so like i feel like if you were like oh yeah i'm covering the concert for the news or something um you know we probably could have got in as media but you know i was really not trying to go to this concert as media i was trying to go enjoy this concert and um so i was like no no it's fine i don't i don't need to go it's fine but then i'm not gonna lie once i saw like the videos and pictures and all that stuff coming out um kendall was posting stuff on her Twitter, being at the concert, I, I had some serious FOMO, man. Like, I I was – it looked like a great time. And how awesome – there there was one – I'm not going to name the name because it doesn't matter. There was there was a woman on Twitter complaining that, um, that this concert was for students only. And I'm just like – and basically, I'm like, the, the, the whole no good deed – goes unpunished thing was all I could think about. I'm like, here's Darius. Here's Darius throwing a free beeping concert. And somebody is complaining. And I realize right now I'm complaining about people complaining, so maybe I'm no better. But dude, are you are you like that that bothered me way more than it should have. I was like, a free concert for the students. It's I mean at the end of the day, this is a university, right? Like this is a school. So there, there's no way to, from the looks of it, there's no way to fit many more people in there. Like it was, it was a packed house. So dude, how, no, no matter, literally no matter what you do, someone will find fault. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I can think of things we, we've tried to do, et cetera. And there, there's always, there's always one. And sometimes there's others. I thought it was an awesome, I found no negative in it. I got to say, I found no negative. I thought it was really cool. Did I have FOMO as well? Yes. Laying in bed last night, scrolling, probably in bed way too early because I am Old West. <laughs> scrolling scrolling through my phone, seeing Kendall, seeing Michael Sauls there. Very disappointing. But that's okay. Maybe, right. uh, maybe, and, and Darius alluded to this, you know, wants to do a Williams Bryce concert. Now, there's a lot of room in Williams Bryce. So, you know, maybe another women's basketball natty would do it. Maybe if another sports team can step up and get them a title one day. Maybe Darius to do a freebie in Williams Bryce. If if you do Willie B, I I think you I think you go all out for this one. I, I think you charge. Like you free free for the students, but charge for, for fans, right? Like I I mean I'm if you're an adult you can you can pay for your ticket. Like it's okay. Pay hey, for your you, ticket. You don't make it outrageous. 
Yeah. Because yeah. you know how expensive concerts are now, right? Like we're talking about the other day, like to go see like a big timer nowadays or like, you know, an Elton John or the Eagles recently doing their 10th farewell tour. It's like $200 for nosebleeds. Yeah. It, it's, you know, let, let's, let's, let's charge 25 bucks. You charge, know, charge enough to pay the, to pay the fees for like yeah. putting on the concert. Put on the concert. You know? Yeah. Break yeah. even. But, but yeah, God, that would be, that would be fun, man. That would be a lot of Darius Rucker concert. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, Again, going to be joined shortly by Jamie Shaw, and we'll 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 get into it with him as far as he knows more about this stuff than than Chris and I ever will. But Hayden Brown, the commitment to South Carolina over the weekend, um, Chris, I would say it, it seemed to be somewhat expected that that South Carolina would would get Brown. Obviously, um, you know they they kind of had to withstand a couple of other. Uh, visits as well uh, the most recent one and i would say probably the biggest other one being a, a trip to uh, georgia tech that, that hayden brown took but you know i, I think by all indications it, it seems like hayden brown is what i would call like a, a solid pickup like a solid piece to next year's team you look man i mean i was talking to this talking about this with a buddy of mine the other day you know you, it's not like you only need superstars at this point. Like for one, it's hard. It's hard to get superstars anyway. But there is a place within this team right now for superstars. Obviously, if you get one, there's a place for great players. There's a place for good players. There's a place available for role players too. You know, like the the roster is going to have to be completely turned over at, at this point because of so many guys that's left. I and I, I'm looking forward to hearing from Jamie what what he says because I personally don't know yet exactly where Hayden Brown falls in that scope of of different sort of outcomes or, or types of, of players that I'm talking about here, man. Um, we do know that the kid can score the basketball. We do know he's a college veteran at this point that he's played a lot of ball. Um, we know that he does bring some level of size to the game, depending on where you're you're slotting him, where you're playing him necessarily. So, you know, my, my – and again, we're going to ask Jamie. My inclination is that Hayden Brown is a really solid pickup that, based on the current roster, probably will come in and start, I would think, unless they really st- are able to start to add – um some some super high caliber guys between now and next season. That's right. And, you know, I was talking with uh, Colin Taylor earlier, by the way, he has a really good piece inside the commitment on Hayden Brown that I will admit I lean on heavily when, you know, learning about Hayden Brown and kind of his game and what he brings. I think uh, Colin told me earlier, seven players basically is all we like know that's going to be on the team next year. Th- there will be more than seven players, guys. We're pretty confident of that, right? But we don't know who they are yet. So it does largely depend on what happens in the transfer market in recruiting. You know, who do they land? All that, once all that's sorted out, then you can kind of start putting together in your mind, okay, we, we think this guy will be a starter. We think this guy will be a bench guy, et cetera. But I, I think it's probably safe to say, Wes, start certainly would be fair, almost no matter what happens, right? But But definitely like a key – experienced reserve guy, you would think at a bare minimum for them. And I saw Colin noted, you know, played actually some Senator Senator. I mixed the two names center at the Citadel 
probably more of like a three man, four man for South Carolina. Um, but someone, like you said, that has a ton of experience. And obviously, Lamont Paris and his staff, Tanner Bronson, who headed up the recruitment, they have a lot of familiarity with him because of scouting the kid and because of playing against him. I think Hayden Brown scored 17 points in the last matchup between Chattanooga and the Citadel. So interesting pickup for them and, and also a good culture like locker room guy, which I think they'll need um, coming up this season. Yeah, they, they definitely will, man. And, and again, this is um, it's a rebuild. So you uh, you know you're, you're kind of, in my opinion, at this point, you're looking, you're going to look to transfer. You know, I think they've looked at a JUCO guy or two, maybe too. You know, you're looking at freshmen. You're you're kind of pulling from. You're going to have to pull from from about every single category that had uh, that you possibly can, and uh, that that's just sort of where it is right now. Um, SC Scout guy says, serious question, can we maybe get someone off the football team to play basketball this year? Um, if that is an actual serious question, I'm going to say no. If that was a fun question, then absolutely. Like, there are several guys, based on our Garnet Trust inter- interviews, I think there are several guys in an alternate universe, if this was, like, more to to just jump to another sport. I think they'd be all over it. Oh yeah, um, there. You know, I, I think jo- Josh Van, who by the way, uh, we'll have our latest Garnet Trust exclusive with him. To, I think we're going to run that tomorrow morning. It's pretty much ready, but I don't want to get lost today. We're, we're going to run it tomorrow morning. Josh, Josh can hoop from from what he says. So um, there are several guys on this team that I, I think are solid basketball players, but none. Yeah, Benjamin saying, you know, Jordan Birch, yes, he was a baller playing against guys who could not basically hang with him at all athletically to an extent. Most 99% of the times he was on the court. But, yeah, there's some good players. Chris, I don't think they're, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a Bruce Ellington-level dual-sport basketball player that can just hop in and play, you know? You, you totally, you totally stole my analogy. I was going to make there. There is definitely no Bruce Ellington on this roster, and we didn't. We were deprived, Wes. Another fun thing of the opportunity to see Trey Hannibal when he was at South Carolina also go play football. We always wanted that. Um, no indication it ever would have happened. It was just kind of a fun thing where you watch the guy play and you're like, this guy could play football and probably be really good. Never got to see it, so. Yeah, there's some guys. I think Josh Van does come up a lot. Certainly, he would vote for himself, but I think some of the other players have also voted for him. Birch comes up. Chad Terrell comes up a lot, I think, in those teams. Apparently, Chad Terrell can hoop. But, yeah, they need to find some basketball players and let the football guys focus on football, I would say. Yeah, some some real basketball players. Um, Yeah, Chris, I don't know know if I'm putting myself in the category of wanting to see Hannibal play – DB, I think that's just a you thing because you want everybody to play DB. Right. So, but he he would have been he would have been solid. I would have had him maybe as a slot receiver, but I'm I'm sure you would have thrown him in the defensive backfield. DB or even even a big running back. Yeah. See, like a big back because he would barrel into people. You know, like he just I'd turn him loose. Yeah, he's he's a thick dude. Um. All right, let's uh, let's go out now. I believe we got him on the line. It is Jamie Shaw. 
He is joining us. It looks like from in a house this time and not from uh not from middle of nowhere, North Carolina. Uh how are we doing, Jamie? Good, good. I just got back from Moe's. I got my my steak bowl ready to go and uh ready to talk some basketball. Okay. Is that a, a Moe's NIL deal that you're uh throwing at us a little bit, or just a uh you just like some Moe's? <laughs> yes, yes, I just like some Moe's. Okay, I, I I can get down with Moe's. A little more of a Chipotle fan, but that's that's another podcast. We'll we'll leave that I, out, man. Out but, 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 but we all already knew you had bad taste. So. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right, Let, let's make a poll here, everybody in the chat. It's a one-word poll, Chipotle or Moe's, and we'll see who wins by the end of the show. But, um, Jamie, obviously – South Carolina, the biggest news over the weekend, um, as far as commitments go for them, getting Hayden Brown the first scholarship commitment for Lamont Paris. So, Jamie, what can you tell us about this pickup and how he fits in at South Carolina? You think? Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a great kid. He's an unbelievable. Uh, he's going to be a leader. He's going to be a leader in the locker room. The locker room guy. Uh, he plays hard. Maximizes what he has. What he does. Um, he's older, so he's been around. Um, the guys at uh, UT Chattanooga had a very familiar feeling with him as they played against him for four years. Um, you know, he 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 he's a, he's a guy who's gonna come out and grind. He's he's gritty. He's gonna grind, um, and he's gonna maximize what he has. Jamie, um, tell us when you when you kind of look at the state of this roster from a number standpoint, but also needs. You know, tell us what you see on this roster as far as what the staff needs to be going after in recruiting. Obviously, we'll get to some of the specific names. We know some of the positions, some of the names that they're out there recruiting. But what are the biggest priorities for this team? Obviously, mostly in the transfer portal at this point. Talent. Uh, talent's the biggest need for this roster right now. Um, you know, they, they lost, you know, all the starters from last year's team, you know, finish tied for fifth in the SEC. Um, all those guys are going to, you know, good programs, um, you know, and they're left with guys who don't have either don't have much experience, much tenure, much playing time on the court. Um, the, the biggest need is talent throughout the entire roster all over the court. So um, obviously the big, I would say, non-commitment wise news over the weekend, Julian Phillips hitting campus for South Carolina. Um, I, I think just getting him in, you know, it was noteworthy, obviously. But first of all, have you gotten any feedback on, on how that went? And have you heard anything on, is South Carolina a potential factor here? Or was it more of like, uh, I'm, I'm just willing to listen to my my hometown school, basically? Um. So I guess I'll answer the second question first. No, South Carolina is not a factor here. Um, and, and, and second, I guess... Um, you know, he was in town. He 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 obviously moved away to to Missouri uh, to go to school this past season. Not home very much. He was here. Um, this was actually the first time Julian Phillips has been on a visit to South Carolina, uh, old staff or anything. He'd never been on campus uh, for a visit or anything. So, you know, he he came for a couple hours, and um, I think what like 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. or something like that. Uh, came for a couple hours, got to see everything, and and went on about his way. Yeah, so, Jamie, dropping the news that South Carolina not expected to be a giant factor or much of a factor with Julian Phillips, the LSU transfer. Tell us about some of the guys they are in the mix for 
um, you know, Michi from Ohio State, some of the other guys that are on the board that you are still tracking in terms of uh, South Carolina? Yeah, so um, right now they're only uh, really tracking um, transfers. No real high school kids are in the mix. Uh, Brevin Galloway, Michi Johnson, um, the, I don't know how to pronounce his name, D-I-B-B-A. I don't know if it's Diba, Diba um, from uh, Coastal Carolina or I guess three guys at the forefront. Um, Coastal, uh, the Diba or Diba um, is on a visit, I think now, um, or either it starts today. Um, Michi is supposed to announced today and i think brevin galloway is coming up pretty soon too do you have a feel um especially the, the two announcements that are, that are coming up soon uh, you know galloway south carolina and clemson um and then like i said meet you four o'clock today do you have a feel of south carolina uh will have a good shot to land those guys or, or which way they're headed right now yeah so Michi, i guess is choosing between what pittsburgh DePaul, south carolina i don't, I don't know if there's another one in the mix there um south carolina feels confident about where they stand with Michi. Um, from the Pittsburgh side of things too, they think they're thinking a little bit towards South Carolina as well um, on on that one. Uh, the Galloway one, I think, I think is a toss up. Obviously, his brother uh, played tight end to Clemson, um, Braden. Um, not sure how things went there, um, but you know, both in-state schools, um, they want them. Clemson both legitimately wants them too. I talked to him yesterday um, about it, and and they really don't have a feel for it. South Carolina has a feel for it. Um, they 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 feel that they're. In, in good position. Clemson didn't really have a feel one way or the other. Um, how they felt about it, I think with the Diba or Diba, I think South Carolina is in a, a decent position with him too. Um, now, I don't know what that does with the numbers. I don't know where they're at with the, when it comes to scholarships and all that. Um, but um, at least I think two of those could come to South Carolina. What, what would, you know, let's say two, three of them some come to South Carolina, you know, what, give us a, a quick, breakdown of you know maybe what to expect from you know two or three of those guys from an on-court perspective and, and kind of what they would do with the roster so uh we'll start with uh the coastal uh i'm just gonna call them diva if i'm wrong i'm, I'm sorry um uh, but d-i-b-b-a to me in my mind without having heard his name said to me before is diva so i'm gonna go with that um he's a unique player an unbelievable passer uh, at six foot six, you can run a lot of stuff around him. Uh, he's got the positional size to be able to play multiple positions. Um, you can play a smaller guy beside him that's a score first type of guard. He can initiate some offense. Um, you know, you can also run some things, some actions through him, kind of at the high post, at the wing. Um, he's a good defender, and he's probably a little bit too unselfish too. He, you know, he, he, I think what eight points a game, nine points a game. Coastal. He could probably take a couple more shots and actually be a little bit more aggressive hunting his own shots. He's a, he's a talented player. Um, any unique skill set with his size um, and ability. Uh, Galloway, he brings a lot of the same things to the table um, as as um, Hayden Brown, leader. Uh, leadership's what you're bringing, getting with him. You're bringing, getting leadership, and you're getting a locker room presence. Somebody's been there before. Um, you know, it goes out and knows how to how to do the work and the work that needs to be put in. Um, he's just coming off an injury, if I'm not mistaken, um, as well. And then Michi obviously had a big, huge injury. A big thing with his game prior to the injury. Um, and that he had a senior year in high school was explosion and athleticism. Um, he, uh, you know, he's played two years at, at Ohio state hasn't necessarily gained back that explosion, that burst yet. Um, you know, and the numbers kind of are showing that, that he's had, uh, playing at Ohio state, but he's a name, you know, you know, regardless of how he performs or whatever on the court, people, people know Michi Johnson, people are going to see the Michi Johnson name, South Carolina. 
And, you know, there could be a little bit of a splash there, um, you know, a little bit of a national headline uh, with that one coming in. So it's kind of a, a perception get in, in some ways, just uh, a guy that it, it looks good to to get a name like that. Um, Jamie, any any of the young guys uh, coming up in the state that um, that maybe you want to talk about, just either A, you just want to show them some love, or B, uh, as far as potential South Carolina targets that you think they might be able to maybe get a, a little bit of traction. Obviously, recruiting starts so early, man. What, what are some names we need to know moving forward? Yeah, so um, I, I guess in 22, everybody knows the names. Uh, you know, uh, 23 will start. Cohen Carr, Lacey, early college. He's a top 100 player. We have it uh, on three. Uh, they're in Greenville. Uh, you also have uh, Jordan Butler, the brother of John Butler, is at Florida State. Uh, he's a six foot ten. Uh, both his parents went to South Carolina. Um, he's also a top thirty player in the country by on three, six foot ten, uh, skilled player. He plays for Lamelo Ball's AAU team. Uh, Cohen Carr plays for the Georgia Stars on the Nike circuit. Brandon Gardner has South Carolina ties. I don't believe who he will be going to South Carolina. Um, he's also going to school in Raleigh, North Carolina, right now. Uh, but he started off a great collegiate for his first two seasons. Um, that's a name that I'm sure some people are familiar with. Um, looking down in 2024, Elijah Crawford at Augusta Christian. Obviously, Augusta's in Georgia, but the Augusta Christian plays in the South Carolina Independent League. Uh, he's a six foot two, strong body point guard. A really good player. Will probably trend at a national level. Um, at least be in our top 150 when we expand it out. Uh, the rankings wise, Cam Scott. Uh, he's the only uh, 2024 in South Carolina that's ranked right now. A six foot five shooting guard out of Lexington High School. Um, and then moving down to 2025, Trayvon Maddox, a six foot six wing out of White Knoll High School, um, is a player to track uh, in the 2025 class at a national level. Jamie, uh, good stuff as always, man. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you you want to throw your uh, your Twitter handle and all that stuff out there real quick, man? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at so at Jamie Shaw, J A M I E Shaw five um, is my Twitter and my Instagram, Jamie underscore Shaw five. Awesome, man. Hey, we appreciate it. Appreciate all the insight on GamecockCentral.com, the message boards as well. And uh, for joining us on GC Live, man, I know you're busy. We'll let you get back to it, all right? Appreciate it. All right, hey, hey hold on. Vote Mose. Hey, hold on, hold on. I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, hold on. We look, we got we to gotta solve this before we let you go. I <laughs> am actually amazed. By quick count, Mo, Mose is the winner. So, I guess uh, – Chris, were were you are you a little bit surprised? I'm surprised. I well, I thought more people were were into Chipotle than Moe's. Like true, like truly, like not just because I was trying to pick on Jamie and make an argument. Like I I thought Chipotle would have like a little bit of an advantage, but no, Moe's is uh Moe's is the winner. I'm not really that surprised. Moe's is hopping, man. When you go in there, a lot of people love Moe's. I was there today. I don't, I don't miss Wes. <laughs> There you go. All right, Jamie. Have a good one, man. We appreciate you. Thanks, All right, Jamie. later. Thank you. Yeah. Brian says Moses trash. And Bill says – I mean, for every, for every Moses trash, there's a Moses great response. So. I, my man, SC Scout guy, has a I, – I love you, man. This is a very bothersome take. He says that both are pretty bad. He voted for Moses and says both are pretty bad. I feel like SC Scout guy must be. This is just a guess. Like you know how there's some people that are like like purists, like a Tex-Mex like purist. 
That might be SC Scout guy. He might like live in Texas or something. Yeah, I mean, if if you're not going to Moe's or Chipotle for our authentic the authentic Mexican right. food experience, y'all. Right. But I mean, is it pretty good? Like I, yeah. I, I mean, dude, I here's the thing. Mo Moe's is good, but I feel like Chipotle is a meal that I can go get a very like it's gonna taste very good, but also I can stay somewhat in the realm of not being awful for me. If I go to Moe's, I'm rolling this thing in queso, man. Like it's Moe's, what they have going is their queso. But like when I dude, when I when I actually got into like trying to be more fit uh, a long time ago and was looking for meals that were like good after workout meals, Chipotle is like Elite, like the top, I feel like it is the best. It's number one. So, but I'm a little bit shocked. I thought Chipotle held the championship as far as those two things. I guess at least among the GC Live fam, I am uh, I am wrong. Bill says Mo's guac is better. Oh no, 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 I don't know, Bill. I don't know, man. Uh, Mo's uh, said the biggest distinction, like Mo's. You remember when Chipotle came out with their first iteration of their queso? Yeah, it was garbage. But it, I, it was the worst ever. Yeah, it was bad. Much, but much better now. But still, Moe's is the goat on on the queso for sure. Um. All right. So sorry we didn't we didn't really plan to get all into that, y'all. But if if you start talking food discussion with me and Chris, we're like a six year old. Like we're just our brains are like, yeah, let's talk about that, not sports. But um. All right. Takeaways from Jamie seems to be kind of kind of like what we were already saying on Hayden Brown, but you know I, I think as far as the, the transfers sounds sounds like there is reason to possibly be somewhat confident on uh, on Michi picking the Gamecocks. Maybe it sounded like Chris. Yeah, it, it looks like that there's uh, there is an expectation of landing players, right? <laughs> You know, Michi, he seemed more confident about, but certainly the others too, the other two that he mentioned, um, you know, there, there's at least some confidence that South Carolina is firmly in the game there. So a lot of fans have been concerned about, you know, the timeline and the fact that they're watching some schools land players from the transfer portal. South Carolina has not, it looks like there's, you know, a little bit of activity, you know, brewing there. And, and Michi would certainly be, that, that would be a guy, I think Jamie outlined that well, like the splash, right? You're getting a guy who's, you know, a Big Ten transfer who has a name um, and, and gives you a little bit of splash and a little bit of juice in that regard. Certainly something that fans would be excited about. Ultimately, you just need, like Jamie said, and go back to something else he said, you need talent. And for this team, this coaching staff and their situation, you're going to have to kind of scratch and claw for that. So maybe you're taking some chances on guys. You're taking some guys – like the guy from Coastal, if you can get Brevin Galloway, you're not going out and signing four five-star transfers. You know, you're not going out and signing four Julian Phillips-esque players, but you're trying to be resourceful and trying to build this team back uh, because that's what it's going to be, you know, given the circumstances. And apparently not signing any Julian Phillips, it sounds like, uh, at least from what Jamie's hearing. Uh, Julian reportedly at Auburn are going to be at Auburn, supposed to be at Auburn today, Monday. Um, there seems to be a vibe from the Auburn websites 
that that could be the pick, which Gamecock fans, I know that's going to – That'll hurt. That one's, that one's got to sting just a little bit to see Pearl um, come in here and and snag him. Um, whew, that's tough. But, all right, so let's talk a little football. Um, again, we appreciate Jamie hopping on. And actually, before we talk some football, I want to talk to you about our friends at Liberty Tax. Uh, yes, the 2022 tax deadline has passed, but the tax team at Liberty Tax can still help cure your taxiety. You can file an extension. Locations are open Mondays through Fridays. And if you own a small business and need tax advice, they can help you with bookkeeping, payroll services for LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps. If you owe money to the IRS, uh, you can meet with one of their local professionals to represent you in settling your debt um, in person as opposed to calling somebody over the phone. You also have a new location at 551 St. Andrews Road by the Harbor Freight. So, of course, as we've told you since tax time again, we appreciate our friends at Liberty Tax supporting us here on GC Live. And if uh, any of the things I just named sounds, you know, sound like something that affects you, give them a call, 803-462-5576. Again, 803-462-5576. Chris, I, I was looking, I'm not going to lie, I was looking for something to talk about today, football-wise. And lo and behold, our boy Chuck Towncock, Gamecock Central, Legend or the the famous or infamous, depending on which side of the GC message boards you're on, because uh, Chuck Town will he he knows how to get people going, get people talking, right? He posted a depth chart uh, on Gamecock Central on the Insiders Forum, and uh, what are you laughing at? The way you said that cracked me up. Like your intro, and then you're like, he posted a depth chart. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Um, he, he did, Chris, it's, it's there. You can go look at it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I feel hey, so <laughs> never mind, never mind. Um, I'm not yeah, going there. Yeah, but, yeah. You gotta say it. All yeah. right. So, uh, no, no, no. So, all right. I've noticed though, this is a trend right now. All the websites, like you go on the state right now, depth chart projection, go on, uh, the other site that we don't talk about depth chart projection. Uh, I'm sure at some point we're going to post it, and I might do one tomorrow. I'm not going to lie. Depth chart projection. Right. It's the thing you do after spring practice. Yeah. When you need some. You need some content. You need some, some clicking. So, I've been looking around the different depth charts, and my my question or my topic is my thesis here. My hypothesis here is um, basically on a couple of guys that I think are being a little bit misrepresented where they would be on the depth charts. So I'm t- I think the guy right now that is getting the least credit for having the best spring is MJ Webb. Yep. And I think MJ Webb also doesn't get much credit for what he did last year. Um. Yep. Co-sign on both those items. And MJ went from being the guy that had expectations that were frankly a little too high, based on the the ranking, the rating, four star guy, high expectations, to afterthought, frankly, to 
underrated now. I think like he has he has run the entire gamut of of the way people see him in, in this program, um, or the people outside of the program see him. To be more accurate, so I, I just I, I think that's that's the guy, man. That's going to be a much bigger part of what they do than what I believe the perception is right now. The the more that you talk about this and flesh it out, like I got my wheels are turning. I don't get it. Why? Because like even some guys that were like four stars in that same like 2017 class that he was in or 2018, people still talk about them more, you know, like, like Chad Terrell, for instance. Now he did have a good spring. He called it the first touchdown of the spring game playing tight end. More stuff's been written about him. Maybe it's because defensive tackle is like more of an unglamorous position unless you're just dominant or you're like this highly ranked guy. But yeah, he, he was, he was a four star out of Georgia. He was in the first, you know, Will Muschamp's first class was 16, but he was in that first kind of full class in 2017, four star guy out of Georgia. And I guess people just maybe kind of wrote him off, but yeah, I mean, last year, this is a guy that there were plenty of, there are several guys who were four-star guys, highly ranked guys playing on the defensive line. And MJ Webb kind of emerged to where he played a good bit. I mean, I remember that was a surprise to me early in the year, and it kind of just continued throughout the year. I kept waiting for, well, is somebody else going to step up? And MJ Webb kind of kept those backup snaps fairly steady throughout the year. Um, so that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for a guy with that level of experience to continue you know, along that path to be able to give them at the minimum depth. If not, I mean, this wouldn't be a surprise if this guy, you know, started games for South Carolina this year. Well, and, and yeah, I think, man, you look, uh, I think we probably talked about this on the live stream during the, uh, the spring game. And he, he was certainly among, he was among the first four, right? Like he was among the, there were, there were two, there were obviously two defensive tackle starters on the Garnet team and two defense defense tackle starters on the black team. And he was among the four. So you don't we don't really you can't really create a depth chart off of that. But uh, I think I think one thing he brings to the table too, man, and Scout Guy says um 6'3, 310 pounds. Think about what they struggled to do last year. That stopped the run. And you know, I, I think any way they can add some size in there is um you know it's going to be helpful obviously with that and th- the thing is i think because of tj sanders emergence and again we talked about this you can be a, the surprise player you can be making progress year over year but that doesn't necessarily mean you're ready to slide into a starting spot or or even to the the high level the high parts of the rotation you know um, so I think TJ should be commended for, for all the progress he's made. And we've, we've said really from very early on that this guy was going to be a big part of the program in the future. But I think MJ is the guy right now that's maybe weirdly, strangely been overshadowed a bit by the TJ talk. And then I, I think the, the other side is, um, you know, the, the Sandage hope, from the fan base that that Rick Sandage was going to be able to slide in, but this uh, this recovery from injury 
and then missing more time in the spring. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of been one thing after another for for Rick. It's not really it's not really his fault at all because it's been more injury based. So you know, I I think you're kind of sitting there like I you don't you don't right now. I'm looking at other guys at that spot um, until proven otherwise. I, I think you you're looking at MJ. You're looking at Taka. You're looking at Boogie. After that, you're looking at TJ, Nick Barrett, and, and those guys who have worked their way into the mix. The other, the other thing that sort of catches my attention too is defensive end, the edge spot. And we know the two Jordans are your starters, but I went back and looked. Remember me questioning this out loud during the stream? Um, the the next guys in the mix were you know you look you had Gilbert Edmond out there. You had Tyreek Johnson out there. Um, it seems as if they have had really solid um, springs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've all kind of circled Terrell Dawkins, too, because we know that he's impressed. Um, I think there's still more work to do there, but from a physical standpoint, just his willingness to get in there, he's he's a guy that I think has a chance to be a good player. But, yeah, Edmund um, flashed to me in the spring game. I think there's still some work to do there in the run game, just from what I saw. Um, but he's gotten bigger. I think his freshman year at 2020 at South Carolina, I think he was 230. He's 250, 255 now, uh, so he looks more filled out. He has good bend off the edge, so he can possibly give you something um, as a pass rusher. Tyreek Johnson is a kid that also has had you know pretty substantial injury history, Wes, but I think this is a really important spring for him, and I think he responded and, and did a nice job. So, look, the, the – not only we've talked about this a ton, so broken record alert, but, you know, losing Enibari and Sterling off last year's team was pretty substantial. But then mm-hmm. you've got to have the two Jordans take a step up, and then you got to develop some depth behind them. So given South Carolina's roster situation, and they also, by the way, aside from getting Dawkins in the portal, they did strike out on a couple edge targets in recruiting. That means that they've got to have some current roster members step up. Uh, this year, not next year, not two years. Right now, that's going to be critical for them. So I thought there were some positive signs this spring for those guys. They need to continue building on that. Yeah, and uh, critical to go out, I think, and and land a couple of edge guys, man. Um, I mean, it, it is what it is. That's just – that's the facts. Obviously, um, Matsuku Rames, probably the girl, the guy – you know, like, this is the one like you circle, right? Like you – you sort of say that's the in-state guy. That's the person that um, you know makes the most sense. But I think it goes well beyond that, Chris. I, I think you you look at it and say you need two, three guys that fit that mold that can go get get after the the quarterback. Absolutely, it's it's a giant priority. And of course, you know we're thinking back to the uh, the twenty twenty two or the twenty twenty one recruiting class and you know, uh, what well, is 22 and, you know, the kid from Maryland who ends up, you know, the DMV area who ends up flipping to Maryland, uh, Jay Sean Barham, and you got James Pierce out of Charlotte, South Carolina thought they would get a chance to try to take that one from all the way to February. They didn't, he ended up signing early. And those were two, you know, very, very solid prospects. One of them was committed to you very, very briefly. Um, then you try to go out here to get Pierce. That doesn't work. So those are, 
fairly substantial blows. Maybe not for this year. Could those guys have helped? Maybe. But what it does mean is that really, really ramps up the need to, like you said, Wes, go out in the 23 class and find some guys that can not only are talented but can help you early um, given what you got on the roster and what you're going to lose on off the roster. No doubt, man. All right, let's take let's take a quick question before we get out of here uh, from Chris on Facebook. I recognize that name. I think Chris is a pretty loyal listener, viewer. He says, how long should it take for Stag to get up to date missing the spring practice? Um, you know, man, Chris, I don't – to me, that's not really a huge concern. You know, I, I I just I think he's I think he's an NFL talent. He's a uh, an older guy, a veteran guy. You obviously would have been better if he could have been here, of course. But for one, the the tight end route tree itself isn't some hyper complex thing that you know it, it's it's going to be mostly the same routes for a tight end. So that part's. Not really a factor, I think. Will there be some blocking stuff that that maybe, you know, it does take some time? You know, of course that's a possibility. But I um, I think you look, man, and clearly um, if if um, if he's the, the player I think he is, by the time he gets here in June and then has a couple of months to, to sort of dive into everything, he's still 100% a projected starter. You know, like he, he's going to be a big part of this team. Uh, 100%. And so I'll, I'll just kind of roll with an anecdote I was given, and this was during the COVID pandemic when Stog was at Oklahoma. And we talked about this a lot on the show, West while COVID was going on, about players going back home. But they're not allowed in the facility. They're not allowed on campus. And so a lot of guys went home, and you're eating, and maybe you're – sitting around some. There's not a lot of guys doing a lot. Um, Stog, apparently, when they were able to go back to Oklahoma, he was in, like, better shape than, than when, you know, which was atypical for that time. A lot of guys came back in uh, after the pandemic, and it was rude awakening from a from a workout, conditioning, strength standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint. So he he's a lot like Spencer Rattler in that it's business – and they're going to have fun, right? But it's business. He's going to take a very professional approach. The first time we talked to Stogner, Wes, we, we knew that you, you come away with that, that very professional feel, that professional approach. It kind of, he kind of seems like you're sitting there interviewing a guy who's like playing on an NFL roster. Um, mm-hmm. He's extremely sharp. He works extremely hard. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Not that big of a concern uh, to me. And uh, final thing here before we get out of here, um, We'll answer Jamie's question since he was nice enough to join us. Um, I'm sure he's uh, stuffing his face with his subpar Moe's right now. Um, Jamie says, uh, I need some positive info on the state of the offensive line. Chris, can you provide that for him? <laughs> wow. Just just punt that one. Um, well, here's the thing about the offensive line. So people need to kind of – measure this in terms of their expectations. South Carolina's offensive line, in my opinion, uh, is not going to go from, you know, what we saw last season, where it was last year, to, okay, now it's one of the top three best in the conference. 
I don't think we're going to see that from a talent standpoint, number one, or just even what's around it. But there are some reasons to be encouraged that it could be better. And I think that comes down to several factors. Number one, you you get everybody back. You've got some guys who are young. Um, you got Dylan Wanham back. You've got some guys that are still relatively young, a Jalen Nichols, a Trey Jones, who's been working second team, Vershawn Lee, still a relatively young player, Ja'Kai Moore, uh, mixed with some veteran presences like Douglas and Gwen. So you get everybody back. The communication issues that we saw a ton last season, those played into the line play and the offense as a whole. Those seemed much better in the spring going into year two of the scheme. And then also the weapons around. So the fact that you have Spencer Rattler, that's going to help with your operation time. And Spencer Rattler's under center, they're going to take less sacks than they did last season, in my opinion. I think that's just a reality. And they do have more offensive playmakers. Running back still question mark, right, because of the guys they lost. But they have talent there, more so than last year on the whole, uh, to where that helps your offensive line play. Whatever happens around the O-line helps the O-line itself look better, too. So um, it's it's kind of a wait and see. I know everybody's in prove-it mode. I'm personally in prove-it mode, too. But there are some reasons to feel more optimistic than what we were seeing in the middle of last year. No doubt, man. All right, y'all, we're going to get off here. Um, obviously, those watching live, and by the time you listen to this, maybe it's already revealed, but uh, Shane Beamer did just tweet out a welcome home. So uh, Gamecocks have added another commitment. We're going to get to working on some content on that. And uh, certainly the next show that we have, if the commitment is out, we will um, talk about it and talk about what it means. And I'd imagine this one isn't a long wait, but uh, we shall see. So for Chris, I'm Wes. Appreciate all of you joining. Appreciate Clint Hammond. Appreciate our friends at Liberty Tax. And uh, y'all have a good one. See you soon. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.